Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Hello everyone, and welcome to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, and thanks for listening. Now, uh, today we are going to go over cryptid sightings that may be associated with a large prehistoric beast. These are very interesting. Um, these are stories from around the country that may or may not involve a giant sloth. Alright, here we go. So Slothfoot is a mysterious cryptid that, according to reports, is said to resemble a prehistoric ground sloth. Alright, Slothfoot is a blanket term for cryptids from around the world that strongly resemble, or are thought to actually be, the prehistoric ground sloth. Now here's the thing. If these sightings are indeed of a brand new sloth-type creature, that certainly is going to be a cryptid. However, if this is simply a re-emergence of the previously thought extinct giant ground sloth, well, that's a cryptid as well. These creatures have been sighted across North America from Canada all the way to Mexico, and everything in between, and that's where I fall. The in-between. On March 10th, 1797, Thomas Jefferson, yeah, the Thomas Jefferson, presented a paper on the bones of a creature he named Megalonyx, or the Giant Claw. And as Lewis and Clark were planning their famous expedition in 1804 to 1806, Jefferson asked the pair to keep an eye out for living specimens of this Megalonyx. Now today, Megalonyx, or the North American Giant Ground Sloth, which it's known to be called today, is the state fossil of West Virginia. Isn't that cool? A lot of Slothfoot sightings can be easily confused for Bigfoot sightings. But let's not compare one cryptid with another, okay? Sightings of possible giant sloths have occurred where witnesses have seen Bigfoots, skunk apes, and even dogmen. But let's take these out of the equation, okay? What living or categorized animal could people be seeing in confusing it with a possible giant prehistoric ground sloth? Uh, Maybe an oversized grizzly bear? Uh, or mutated wolf or something? There are a few stories where the appearance of this creature, while they are sloth-like, they also tend to vary quite a bit. Um, so I've, uh, I've gotten together a few stories of creature sightings from around the country that uh, could possibly be attri- attributed to the giant sloth, or a slothfoot. So uh, let's get into some of those stories now. The Beast of Boonville was a supposed giant sloth reported from Boonville, Indiana, in the United States in 1936 and 1937. 
The creature was allegedly said to origin- originate in Mexico, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. The first report of the animal came in 1936, when a fisherman named Ralph Duff reported that a large hairy animal had attacked his dog and ripped it to shreds. Now, Mr. Duff's wife saw the, cre- the animal, uh, which ran off when she screamed, and she said that it was a, quote, towering monster larger than a bear. Now, Ralph Duff believed it was an ape. He ended up setting bear traps all along the river. Um, so on August 13th, 1937, Mrs. Duff saw the creature once again, which she compared to a giant ape this time. After this encounter, several residents of Boonville reported hearing, quote, blood-curdling shrieks and yells. Now, it actually got to a Frankenstein's monster-type situation where actual posses were formed and began searching the riverbeds and shores for footprints in hopes of tracking the beast to its cave. On August 18th, a man entered the building of the Boonville newspaper and declared that the animal was a giant sloth that he and his uncle, while on an expedition in Mexico two years earlier, had caught the creature. He said they lost it near Evansville, Indiana, and didn't find a trace of it. When asked the question, he didn't know if it was two-toed or three-toed. Other locals also claimed to have seen an empty circus truck in the area. Now, on August 19th, the search for the creature was abandoned. The posses unpossied, and the panic this creature brought slowly faded. The next month, a man wrote to the Republic, suggesting that the stories had been made up by farmers to prevent people from picking their blackberries. Now, I know this sounds a bit unnecessary, but have you ever had a fresh-picked blackberry? Especially the one that's like the size of a kiwi? Man, those will make you create a beast for sure. Alright, the Beast of Sherman was a creature sighted during the mid-1960s. The story I came across is about a boy and his family who were repeatedly harassed by a pair of what they claim to be gigantic albino creatures that can only be described as giant prehistoric monsters. That is pretty vague. Uh, Now, admittedly, the evidence surrounding this encounter is very limited, but it's intriguing nonetheless. In fact, the only known report of these creatures come from a letter printed by noted Mothman Prophecies author and paranormal investigator John Keel in uh, his book, The Complete Guide to Mysterious Beings. Now, the letter was written in 1970 by an unidentified 15-year-old resident of Sherman, New York, who either withheld his name to request anonymity in order to avoid the almost guaranteed teasing he would have received by his fellow high school students. Uh, In his letter, he describes a pair of colossus white sloth-like beasts that would from time to time enter his parents' side property, which happens to be a swamp. Um, This supposed encounter happened in 1965. Now, even though this encounter printed by Mr. Keel is short and brief, I mean... He did use to choose this encounter over the numerous ones he had found while researching for his book. Uh, So I'm thinking he had a certain feeling about this story. Um, I I, I don't know. Uh, Whatever Keel's motivations were for including it in his book, uh, there are a few who would argue, me being one of them, that this report contained one of the most intriguing and bizarre cryptids ever chronicled. I think that's true. 
Also, this encounter isn't happening in the wilderness, uh, miles from civilization, but rather it's happening in the westernmost portion of the state of New York, in Sherman. Very strange. Um, Okay, so I'm going to read the letter that's found in the book in its entirety. Uh, Okay, here it is. So, a letter from young man in Sherman, New York. Quote, I'm writing because about three or four years ago, 1965 to 66, I saw a white monster in the swamp beside our house. I've been seeing this thing ever since then in close to our house. One night, it came down in our yard. It stands between 12 and 18 feet high. It has a long tail between 6 and 8 feet long. It is all covered with hair. They are always white. I've seen them alone or two at a time. It can walk on two feet or four feet. It is also a, it is almost a double for a prehistoric sloth. My whole family has seen this thing, and I know of two more men who have seen them. I am 15 years old, and I am not kidding. I have seen these things, and they are real. End quote. Now, some cryptozoologists link similarities between this creature and the South American Mapinguari. Uh, the Mapinguari has weird attributes, but cryptozoologists think that it's actually a Megatherium, which is an elephant-sized ground sloth, um, which is similar to the Beast of Sherman. Alright, so the Yukon Beaver Eater or the Seitochen, is a cryptid from traditional stories of Canadians' First Nations people. It is described as, quote, bigger than even the biggest grizzly bear, end quote, and got its name from its diet, beavers. Now, how it goes by catching these delicious beavers are to walk up to their homes, their dens, rip it apart, and pick out the beavers, you know, like a buffet. Now, this is interesting, okay? One story mentions that when shown a book of prehistoric animals, the natives chose a giant ground sloth as the closest lookalike to the beaver eater. Don Charlie, a Canadian First Nation member, contacted the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club in 1989 with a sighting. Now, the BCSCC co-founder, Paul LeBlanc, interviewed her, and was published, and uh, this interview was published in 1990. Um, here's, here's what uh, Don had to say. Quote, The latest report was from Violet Johnny, my husband's sister, who was fishing with her husband and her mother at the head of the Tatcham Lake four or five years ago. An animal came out of the woods, eight or nine feet high, bigger than a grizzly bear. It was a Satochin and it was coming towards them. They panicked, fired a few shots over its head, and finally managed to get the motor going and took off. End quote. Another report from around this area was of a man who supposedly shot one in a small lake in the mountainous area of Frenchman Lake, where beaver eaters are said to live. Now, as said before, natives, uh, they identified a picture of a giant ground sloth as the beaver eater. However, giant ground sloths were herbivores, and all giant sloth species that are currently known to have lived in North America went extinct. But could a giant ground sloth survive extinction by transforming into a beaver eater? I mean, it's quite possible. Maybe. Others seem to think the beaver eater could be an unusually large grizzly bear, which makes a lot of sense, too. 
um, almost like the prophecy. And uh, if you haven't seen the Nature Gone Wild 1979 horror film, The Prophecy, um, well, that's this episode uh, of Alien Zoo's recommendation. It's absolutely fantastic. Or could this beast be a surviving short-faced bear? Some have thrown out the theory that this creature could be a giant beaver munching its own kind. It's a little bit difficult to believe that the beaver eater is a giant ground sloth, however, uh, even though one species of giant ground sloth is known to live in the Yukon area prior to extinction. Now, a paper published in 1996 by the Universidad de la República in Montevideo, Uruguay, suggested that at least some giant ground sloths may have been omnivores. Uh, Dr. Richard Farina and Dr. Ernesto Blanco proposed that the giant ground sloth could have scavenged meat, taken kills from large carnivores, or even been an active hunter, using its long front claws and great strength to, over- to overturn the glyptodonts, which were giant extinct armadillos. This theory has not gained much traction in the wider scientific community, although it's worth mentioning that a meat-eating ground sloth would not be the first instance of a member of an herbivore family evolving to exploit resources of the meaty kind. Um, You know, never deprive yourself, okay? That's when diets don't work. And they may have simply gone extinct before evolving to the point of developing specialized meat-eating features that would be obvious from its fossils. Uh, Modern herbivores, like hippos and deer, have been shown to sometimes eat carrion, or bones, to obtain necessary nutrients. And under the right circumstances, this occasional behavior may become necessary or beneficial enough to encourage the evolution of a more omnivorous species. Another possible explanation, the giant beaver, were native to North America and could grow to more than 7 feet long and weigh nearly 300 pounds. It's a big beaver. Uh, Thought to have survived to perhaps as recently as 10,000 years ago, uh, meaning they most likely coexisted with early humans. So beavers eating beavers. It's definitely possible. Now, the Appalachian ground sloth is a cryptid reported from Georgia and Kentucky in the United States. Uh, Blogger Arkline connects the animal with a 2002 Florida sighting of what the eyewitnesses believe was a skunk ape. Now, while driving through an area of swamp, an animal ran across the road, which she said looked like a giant sloth, except it was running quickly. It galloped on all four like a dog. But when it, but when it jumped, the arms came up, and she saw that it was not a bear. In 2011, a man named Henry claimed he, quote, caught sight of a large animal moving through the cypress trees of the swampy area that borders one of the fields I work. I live in Ware uh, County, Georgia. I was working the field at the time and noticed the movement. It was late afternoon and still light out. The animal was huge, hairy, and walked on all fours, but I did see it rear up once. It reminded me of a black bear, but much larger and lighter in color. I was about 200 yards away from it, but I still had a good look. I know for a fact that this was not a bear. I've seen black bears in the Okafinoki, and this didn't look like one of those at all. I later saw a picture of an animal, a Mapinguari, that is supposed to be a legend. I swear that is what I saw. Have you heard of this animal? I haven't seen it since, 
but there have been a lot of cypress trees torn up lately, and I'm wondering if it has been causing it. Some people have said for many years that there's a swamp beast in Ware County, but I never paid it no mind until now. End quote. The Virginia Slothfoot is a creature that was caught on a trail camera by hunter Roger Williams in, on July 18, 2013. Now, it was initially thought to be a Sasquatch, as it appeared in the picture to have fingers. Uh, Mr. Williams thought it to be a juvenile bear with a skin disease, which also makes sense. He also said that he had hunted in the area for quite a while and never found any trace of an unknown animal, or unknown animals, anything. Uh, it was the blog titled The Journal of the Bazaar that suggested the theory that this animal was a ground sloth. They believe that what appears to be the animal's left hind leg is in fact a long tail. Now I've dedicated to some time staring at this image and it certainly could be a tail. It definitely could. Yeah. I'm not getting that time back either. There are those who believe the theory that many wood ape sightings can be explained by ground sloths. So, the Ruby Valley Beasts, or Ruby Valley Slothmen, are supposedly ground sloth-like cryptids that live in the Ruby Valley area of North Nevada. Uh, this is the story where, with the least amount of info, but um, we'll be honest, as it was first brought up on a thread on 4chan in 2013 by the user EZ. Now, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure the meaning of what I just said. Um, I'm not familiar with 4chan, but from what I understand, it's like a, a dream board for nightmares. With pictures. Now, he described the story of how he encountered large, sloth-like beasts, and even managed to injure one or more of them before being chased off. He ended up posting the location of his encounter, and a few users supposedly went to the location. Now, no cryptids were encountered during this search. Um, it's unknown if the story is true or not, um, or if the beast exists, uh, but it leads to an interesting discussion and is helping in the fight to keep cryptozoology alive. So uh, I thought it was worth a mention to share this story. Alright, well, wasn't that fun? So those have just been a few cool sloth beast stories and sightings, ones that I found that I thought were great. Um, it is very intriguing. I mean, the prehistoric ground sloth did not live that long ago. You know, it's possible that one was hit, hiding in the wilderness, or a couple, a little, little population. You never know. And with that being said, this episode actually ends Season 1 of Alien Zoo. Uh, this has been really too much fun. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened and supported this show, and those who have shared their stories with me throughout the past couple of months. I've gotten quite a few. Uh, I have some awesome interviews coming up in Season 2, uh, a few different media projects. I'm tweaking the format a bit, changing up a few things. Um, this was actually more of a practice season, and uh, to be honest, I think it went it went better than I could have hoped for. So I'm going to continue straight ahead like an 80s slasher villain, and continue to provide you with some more solid cryptid sightings and stories. So I'll talk to you soon in the reconstructed Alien Zoo for Season 2. So until next cryptid, thank you very, very much, 
and goodbye.